Do you believe that when you find the one, your soulmate, your twin frame, that life will be happy? Do you believe that getting into your relationship is the missing part? This is why you're struggling with life and you're not happy. Many nice guys and women also believe that when I find the one person, that things will turn around. I will live a incredibly happy life. They've been sold this narrative. Now, let's discover, is this true or are we doing things wrong? I'm going to start with you, Ari. Uh, so you're a single guy and you've gone through a divorce and you're back dating. Do you believe that finding the perfect 10, finding the, the incredible woman is going to be the key to your happy, happiness? Or are you unhappy? Where are you with this, Ari? You know, it's, it's a good, it's a good question. I think that most of my life I've been looking for that thing from a woman that's going to make me happy. Um, you know, as soon, as soon as I, uh, started liking girls, it was, you know, I, I would obsess about, you know, is, is a girl ever going to like me? And then, you know, once a girl actually showed interest in me, you know, the bar, uh, the bar shifted, you know, it's what would a girl ever kiss me? And I thought no girl would ever kiss me. Um, and then finally it happened a couple of years later, but of course I didn't feel okay about myself. You know, the goalpost moved again, you know, then it was, would a girl ever want to have sex with me? You know, so it's always been a, a moving goalpost. You know, when I got married, I thought, okay, this, this woman seems like she's going to complete me. Um, mm. cause she had some things, she had some traits that, that I felt I lacked. And, and I, I was conscious of this at the time, but I, I thought, okay, she's going to complete me. She can call me out on my shit. She has a backbone. She is decisive. Um, all, all of these masculine traits that I didn't have. Um, and, and I thought, okay, this is what I need. She's going to complete me. Wasn't enough. Um, and, and as you can probably guess, that was one of the, uh, the reasons that our marriage didn't work out because I, w I was missing these aspects of myself. So I think, Anytime we're looking for someone to make us happy or to fulfill some function in our life, there's something wrong. Um, it's, and, and we need, we need to look at ourselves. Yeah, of course, of course. I, I like some of the things you shared. I want to unpack that once I've heard from Chuck as well. Chuck, you've been married, um, for some time now and, you know, <clears throat> we went through a divorce and then remarried. So is marriage the answer for happiness? I mean, um, do you find yourself more happy because you are in a relationship than you were when you were single? Uh, I mean, the quick answer obviously is no. I mean, happiness isn't going to come in the package of a person. I mean, happiness is going to come in your own ability to create your own happiness, your own great kick of a life. 
you know, those kind of things. And like nice guys tend to do, we make the woman the center of our universe. And when we do that, we tend to be miserable. I think what marriage does is it gives you a few things. It gives you companionship. It gives you uh, somebody to, you know, to be with, you know. Um, but I think the great myth is that once you get married, you're going to have all of the sex you've ever wanted. And the reality is, is that oftentimes nice guys will equivalate sex and happiness together. So if I'm just having sex, then I'll always be happy. I'll always have my needs fulfilled and I'll, you know, I'll marry this goddess who all she wants to do is ride me 24 seven. And I'm going to be happy because I'm going to be in this sexual bliss forever. And that's just not going to happen. I mean, your sex what? life over years <laughs> <You> is <laughs> going to go up and down and, you know, sideways and all that kind of thing. And so you have to kind of ask yourself, like, can I be happy in this relationship? I mean, if you took sex off the equation, like, let's say, I don't know, something happened to your partner and she was no longer able to have sex. It was like a medical condition or something along those lines. Are you going to be happy in that relationship? And I think that's the part of of the relationship where we put so much focus in is on the sexual component and the sexual piece of it that we fail to really develop the other parts of the relationship. And I think that overall, you know, I had a, had a buddy of mine ask me this question. He's like, it's his girlfriend and she's wanting to get married. And he's like 38 and he's like, Chuck, he's like, you've been married for a while. He's like, what's the upside? You know, mm -hmm. and I went upside. Hmm. Up, I've never thought about that. But what is the upside to getting married? It's like should have thought about that. <laughs> right. Well, I should have thought about that. What about is it twenty-four hours sex and you yeah, know right. with the goddess? Yeah, that doesn't happen. <laughs> sandwiches. Uh, sandwiches on call. And, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and you know he's like, hey, listen. I mean, if you get married. She can take your kids. She can take half of your everything that you own. Like, I'm seriously, he's like, what is the upside here? And I said, I said, the best answer I can give you is that you will never know a greater sorrow and you will never know a greater joy, that the joy and the sorrow come together. And that if your relationship is, it's kind of the 80-20 rule, if 20% of your relationship is hard and difficult, but 80% is good. I think you got a really good ratio there. But if it's the mm. flip side, you know, where 20% of it's good, but 80% of it's a pain in the ass, I think that's when you really need to look at, should I be in this relationship? And I'll just echo what Robert Glover has said on, um, you know, some of his podcasts and things like that is that if you're in a crappy relationship, we talked about this a while back, it is your fault right? You're the one who's responsible for getting yourself either out of the crappy relationship or changing the relationship. So that's kind of my experience. Right. So you guys have opened up uh, a few can worms here because <clears throat> Chuck, as you were saying that, you know, something happened to your partner and, you know, sex was taken off the, the relation, you know, relationship. 
Is it possible that you could be in a relationship and you're happy with the relationship but unhappy with the sex life? Or maybe you're happy with the sex life, but you're unhappy in the relationship. So now this is adding more dynamics to it. And Ari, I love what you just shared about, you know, when you're young and you're frustrated and you're thinking, I'm so unhappy. I'm so frustrated the fact that I can't, you know, attract a woman get it, you know, be able to create a connection or attraction or a relationship. So if I fix this part, will that make me, you know, better than being miserable because I can't attract anyone or be with anyone? What about you, Faisal? Are you are you one of those guys who looks for their fantasy well, relationship? Well, so I grew up in Pakistan and I was I didn't. I was exposed to very much the Bollywood life, and in the Bollywood life, it's all singing and dancing, and it's all romance, and it's like four hours long movies. That's that's it. And you know, I was dragged there. (laughs) That's I was dragged there, and you know, the the message in the movie is you know there's going to be a bit of conflict, and you know, guys chasing the girl, and girls chasing again, and they're dancing around, and. One minute's raining, the next minute they've changed clothes like a million times. And what it was was very much about it's that's all the movie was, you know, portraying was it's all about love and it's all about, you know, getting into a relationship. And when you did get into a relationship, you have some problems in laws or whatever it is. And the end result, most of the time, was it was a happily ever after life. What Disney, you know, sells us. And that's what I took in. And my life was, I was a very sensitive guy. I'm very sensitive. I feel emotions. I feel, you know, this magical thinking. I bought into the magical thinking because I was raised by more women than I was guy. So I was raised very feminine. So therefore, I bought into the thing was, oh, once I get a girl, once I get a relationship, you know, this is what's making me miserable. And when I do find that person, they're going to complete me. All my negative, my flaws and everything will just magically disappear. And we will live a happily ever after life. Ain't that not the truth? <laughs> did any of you, did you, did you guys, any of you guys put into the magical thinking of Disney or Hollywood or Bollywood or anything like that? I think I did, especially when I was younger. Um, you know, reality has a way of squashing those dreams. Uh, but the truth is that um, I think it, it it often goes in stages. I think when you're younger, especially when you're younger and you're learning and you're discovering and you got all these hormones going on and things like that, that you're far more susceptible to the idea of there's this missing piece inside of me. And if I could just find that really great woman, everything in my life will fall into place. And then I think as you get older and you experience life and you experience the heartache and the letdown and the crushing reality that sometimes sets in, that you start to realize that, yeah, that that's a fantasy. Like nobody has that. Like I've never met anybody who has that Bollywood type of relationship, you know, long. Oh no. Now you tell me. (laughs) So, but going back to kind of what I said about the, you know, you'll never know a greater joy and you'll never know a greater sorrow. There are times like with my wife, you know, where I look back and where 
you know, sitting, having dinner, overlooking the ocean. It's a sunset. And I'm just overwhelmed with the beauty of her and, and the intimacy that we share and the connections that we share. And there's this overwhelming sense of joy. And then she'll complain about me leaving my socks on the floor or something. And then there's this overwhelming sense of like, fucking hell you know why she does it when you're looking over the ocean but i say it is that there's there's this balance you can't have one without the other and so if you go into it like this is going to make me happy you're always going to be disappointed and i think if you go into it with the expectation that this is something i'm building this is a relationship I'm building and a kingdom that I'm building that we're going to grow. We're going to change. We're going to develop into, you know, something larger than both of us that that's possible, but it takes a lot of work and it takes commitment on both sides of the relationship to build that. So what I'm hearing is that, you know, in order to experience all the different emotions from joy to, you know, the pain, we, we need complimenting, we need those emotions, you know, if you want to feel the passion in that as well. And it's true, uh, you know, with one emotion, you need the other emotion to feel that. And a lot of times of relationships, um, I see, you know, when you were talking about, you know, the relationship does give you joy, but there are some guys and girls who've been in very difficult, toxic relationships as well. And there's little joy into that, but they stick, stay in that relationship, right? Is it they're better off staying in the relationship or what keeps them in that relationship? Yet they're so unhappy. Why are we not going towards our happiness and saying, hey, this relationship's horrible. I should leave this relationship and be going through a cycle of toxicity over and over and again. I'm miserable. But yet, I'm still staying in the relationship. So why are guys still staying in unhappy relationships? Ari, I, th I think um, they don't know better is the is the short answer. But I think that they're getting in intermittent rewards in that kind of toxic trauma bonded relationship. So it's like um, you know, every so often it feels really good, and then that's what they focus on. And they're, they're not able to look at the whole picture. Um, so I, I, th I think, yeah, it, it's, it's probably what they grew up with also. It, you know, if they're getting into that kind of trauma-bonded relationship. Um, so so it's, a, it's a pattern and they don't know what else is possible. Um, have you, ever, have you ever, guys, ever been stuck in a un, really unhappy relationship where you thought, I really need to, get, need to get out of this one, but just couldn't just couldn't build up the courage to get out of this one? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's one of the things that kind of can keep guys stuck in this. I think, you know, to sort of answer your final question, why do we stay in these relationships? I think one is there's a sunk, this, the idea of the sunken cost fallacy. I've got so much invested into this relationship. If I give it up now that it's, you know, that I've got all of this cost involved with it. I think the other one is that we tend to, especially nice guys tend to enmesh and be codependent. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, we start worrying about, well, if I leave her, what's she going to do? 
you know, how is she going to survive? She's this emotional wreck, you know, she's the mother of my children, but on her own, I don't think she can even make it on her own. And there's, like I said, the codependent piece that kind of keeps us stuck in that. And then I think it's the fear of the unknown. I also think that oftentimes, you know, I, I grew up, like I talked about before, I grew up in a very religious household and everybody, <clears throat> excuse me, everybody in my family um, is still married. You know, they've, they've, they've been married one time. I'm the only, only person in my family system where there's been a divorce. And so that was essentially what kind of kept me in my first marriage so long was this idea of like, well, we just don't do that. That's a sin or whatever. And so I think culturally or sometimes even like religiously, people will feel this obligation of, you know, I made this vow before God and, you know, all eternity that I was going to love this person no matter what. And so my choice is I, you know, I have to stay here. There's also, I think, like the financial thing. People, you know, you get your finances twisted together. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, uncoupling that can be a real difficult thing. And quite frankly, you know, especially here in the United States, the courts don't side that well for the guys. So if I leave, the cost of that is, you know, I'm going to lose my 401k. I'm not going to be able to see my kids as often as I want to. I'm going to be living in a small apartment while I give her half of my paycheck. So there's a lot of things that can keep people stuck in a miserable relationship. Wow, when you when you were going through when you were going through that, I was just thinking about when I was stuck in a relationship for it was a six year relationship. I was stuck in it for five years, nine months, way too long. And as you were saying, Chuck, some of the things that came up for me one, I didn't I was enmeshed, you know, trauma bonded into a relationship. I kept going through this cycle of you know, lows and then highs. It was mainly lows, but the highs were like, okay, or things might change or things might get better. Things could become happy. And you know what? It won't stay like this, but you're blinded to this cycle that I, you know, I was staying in the cycle. And I thought, you know, if I get engaged or if I do, do more towards the relationship, it will eventually get better. But obviously that, that wasn't the case. And the cultural shame came in as well. You know, I don't want to be this guy who, gave up on a relationship or be labeled as that person or going through a divorce as well, you know, shame on you for, you know, going through a divorce, you didn't stick to it as well. So I'd rather be, the message was, you know, you, you stick to it when it's really hard times, you stick to that. Yeah. I, th I think um, you brought up an important point about what fuels that fantasy. It's like, well, if I just did this, um, if this happened, so there's, mm -hmm. there's a lot of sort of, theorizing about, you know, if X happened, um, the relationship would be, be fine or just perfect. And it, it doesn't get back to reality. I, I see that all the time with the men that I work with. Yeah. And you guys have mentioned a couple of times, both of you have mentioned this idea of trauma bonding and the idea of trauma bonding actually comes from, um, when uh, when you've got people that are kidnapped or held hostage and mm -hmm. they get to know the kidnappers and the well enough that they start to turn and start to side with the kidnappers or, or hostage people holding Stockholm syndrome, Stockholm syndrome. Exactly. Yeah. yeah uh, there's a classic movie from the seventies dog day afternoon that, you know, shows us Al Pacino 
um, you know, is holding these people in a bank hostage. And after a while, the people in the bank become compassionate to what they're doing. In order to have Stockholm syndrome, you have to have a hostage. Who is the hostage in your marriage, in your situation? If you're trauma bonding, that's because you're feeling you're being held hostage, held against your will. And what the masculine craves and needs in order to flourish in his life is freedom. And so when we're stuck in the situation where we're being held hostage in a relationship and we crave freedom, after a while, what that's going to do is it's going to just make you essentially, you know, impotent. You have no power nor no ability to make any moves. So it's a, so guys who find themselves in a situation like this, my heart goes out to them because it is a very, very difficult thing to get out of the relationship. And yet, if you don't, you're giving up your freedom. If you're in a toxic when, relationship. Yeah, when you were saying that, uh, so my first relationship was trauma bonded. She was very <clears throat> abusive towards me. I hadn't, you know, I was I was trapped in that relationship. And I, at one point, I remember her saying to me, and I, you know, at that point, I, I'm young, I'm, you know, you're 18, 19, and you know, you're naive, you don't, understand the world and there i was i was so ashamed to talk about my relationship and my emotions and my feelings about it and i noticed that you know even my sons they you know if they like a girl or they have some issues or problems they won't talk about it only recently one of my sons you know started to open up about you know what was going on in his world and i realized that kids young so young need so much support they need more of this in school where they're, they're taught about life and they're taught about emotions and relationships but they keep it so hidden there's so much shame around this as well and i remember in my uh relationship i wanted to break up i wanted to end this relationship and so i tried everything it didn't work <clears throat> and every time i wanted to go towards an end and i want i remember one day and I said, look, I want to, I want to end. I want to leave. And she just looked at me and she looked at me with disgust and anger and rage. And then the tears and the emotions. And then I remember her saying to me, if you leave, I will take my life and it'll be your fault. And when you're young, you're impressionable and you hear those words, it, it, it stabbed me. It was like really painful. And I remember, I don't want to be the cause of this. I don't want to be the reason why she would take a life. And because she was very unstable, I didn't trust the fact that, you know, she, she could do this. So I stayed in the relationship and I said, look, the only way out is just to keep making it work, just do whatever it was and just take all the shit, just take it because, you know, I don't want the worst thing to happen. So I remember that being trauma bonded. And the shocking thing was a lot of my belief was and a lot of nice guys believe the same thing as well. a lot of men believe this is that I don't want to break up because she's so emotional and because she's so emotional, she won't be able to handle it. Like you were saying, Chuck, you know, she'll, she'll get, you know, cry and I don't want to see that or experience that. And when we did break up two weeks later, she's out with her friends in Italy, having a laugh. And I'm thinking, wow, you told me all of that stuff. 
And in two weeks, you've already recovered and gone away on a girl's singles holiday. And it just made me feel like a fool. It made, I felt embarrassed, fool, for being so weak and cowardice in the fact. And I bought into that. I guess that was a part of, you know, being brought up that, you know, you got to stick with it because, you know, life is going to be happy if you, you know, get into a relationship. To me, that sounds like the very definition of hostage. Yeah. I've experienced if I that too. Yeah. It's terrible. What happened, Ari? Um, it's happened a couple times. Yeah. Where I was afraid that, uh, he, he, that the woman I was with would, uh, yeah, attempt suicide or hurt themselves or fall apart. Um, sometimes it was just sort of those vague th threats to hurt, hurt themselves. Um, but it's, it's enough to make you worry about it. It, it, you, you totally feel like a hostage. Um, it, it's paralyzing. Um, but even on sort of a subtler level, I see this like with men that I work with, they're afraid that even if they're not afraid, their partner will, will take their own life. They're afraid their partner will fall apart without them and that it's their responsibility. And, and that's part of why they don't end the relationship that they, they, they feel they're responsible for causing that pain to their partner. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's, it's a common hostage situation. And I think one of the things I want to just kind of point out here, because we're, we're asking the question, is a relationship, marriage, long-term partnership going to make you happy? And we've painted a pretty blue picture here. <laughs> yeah. Three scorned men who are like, fuck marriage. No, uh, no. At, but, at um, best, she will complain about your socks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just want to say that, that, you know, I think that it's really easy to get into the, you know, looking at all of the problems with a relationship. Um, and it's far easier to sort of commiserate on that than it is to, to say, you know, I'm going to roll up my sleeves. I'm going to do what's necessary that I am the one who's responsible here for my own happiness, my own needs, my own wants. I'm going to either make this thing work, you know, I'm going to go all in and make it work. Or I'm going to come to a point where I realize this isn't working and now I have a decision to make. Do I stay in out of obligation and give up my freedom or do I exit the relationship? And no one can answer that question except for you. It's a matter of, um, I guess, if anything, maybe this conversation we're having here is be completely certain before you make a commitment to you know, get married or have some sort of formal partnership or something in that line along those lines you know and it goes back to you know sean smith's book on the tactical guide to women and gatekeeper of most men will spend more time researching what kind of laptop they want to buy than they will about the partner that they're going to jump into a relationship with and guilty guilty it is, it is, <laughs> It is the number one 
biggest financial decision you will ever make. It's the biggest emotional decision you'll ever make. It's and and so do not do it lightly. Yeah, it's a it's a good message there as well. And you know, I, I want to again, <clears throat> you know, reiterate what you just said there as well. A lot of guys, you know, we think, you know, you know, we just painted a very uh, I would say a side, one side of, of a relationship as well. And it's, if you look at w- what was actually happening, it's a reflection of where we were. Mm-hmm. And it's a reflection of our, you know, our psyche, our development, our consciousness, our vibration. And there are couples I know, there are people I know that do co-create incredible relationships and there's a saying you know i do believe the grass is on the greener side if there are some challenges that you're having and then you haven't looked into so the the grass is on the green on the other side is when you start to start you know start taking care of yourself and now i'll start wrapping up what's the one thing right the guys can do to create happiness in a relationship or get into a relationship for happiness. What's the, what's the first area that they need to work on? Right. What's the one thing that they can do? Ari. I think, I mean, Chuck said it really well. It's, it's the go in and it's, it's your responsibility to make yourself happy. It's, it's not your partners. Um, the other thing I was going to say that I think Chuck brought up is, you know, you, you can look at a relationship as a what, what Glover calls it a, a like a a powerful personal growth machine um, that you're going to grow from it. But don't don't look at a relationship as that it's it's going to fix you or it's going to make up for some deficient aspect of you. Yeah, I, I like that. I would, I would say that, you know, you, if you go into a relationship with the expectation that this is going to make me happy, expectations are always just resentments waiting to be born. You're going to be resentful because the relationship isn't going to make you happy all of the time, you know, and that if you're like, again, kind of doing the due diligence, but a lot of it also has to do to your own mindset and your own like internal happiness. If you haven't done any work on, you know, like the inner child stuff or you get, you get, you know, you get hurt really easily and you're super sensitive to criticism and that kind of thing, then you are going to be miserable in the relationship, not because of her, but because of your reaction to her. And that is again, your responsibility. So if you're approaching the relationship, like this sucks and this isn't, you know, she, she's not meeting any of my needs. We never have sex, all those kind of things. That's a particular mindset. It's going to drag you down that darker road. But if your mindset is, Hey, I'm here, let's have fun. Let's do some things together. You're my partner. Let's go out. Let's, you know, let's actually take the leadership role in the relationship and make some things fun and create a relationship, lead her into that dynamic relationship that you want. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And what I want to leave you guys with, I remember this quote, it says that, you know, if you find life, you know, born people find life boring, such as, you know, like happy people find happy life. They'll, They'll always find the way. Most 
people are negative biased the, the words negative critical thinking and uh, i was watching i was listening to a podcast and it was about this guy who was saying that you know most people tend to towards more unhappiness they tend to be towards you know looking things at you know half empty pessimistic and life's a problem rather than solution focus you know uh, my brain was very much towards this as well it can still be very critical negative and that so i have to focus on the, the positive it takes energy it takes strength and that's the same thing when it comes to just life it's not the fact that you know a relationship won't make you happy a relationship will make you what you make yourself be and you've got to do a lot of the groundwork yourself and this is the groundwork that you know it's not just my intimate relationships, but also my relationships with my children as well. I can see as how I show up reflects how the relationship is moving and how they show up too. It's about the co-creation of that. Again, the one thing I would say to the guys is just work on your inner game. So inner being will reflect that the outer you know, world as well. Guys, if you've been enjoying this, I really appreciate if you guys subscribe to The Nice Guy Show. It's been a pleasure. If you find that this show has been helpful to anyone else, please do share this as well. Always remember to comment as well. And if there's anything that you want us to cover, I'm, I'm getting some comments back in saying, can you cover this topic? Can you cover these topics? Fantastic. Really appreciate that as well. I'm your host, Faisal, and I was joined with Ari and Chuck. And check out our next podcast as well, all the previous podcasts where we talked about, you know, why relationships, you know, whether you need to get out of the relationship or not. So check that podcast out and we'll see you on the next episode. You've been listening to The Nice Guys Show, the podcast that helps nice guys move past their insecurities and fears into the fullness of their masculine strength and confidence. Be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and check out the website niceguyshow.com for more information on how to connect with Chuck and Faisal. Until next time, keep living your best life.